Ben, come on up. This is Ben Valentine. He is the brother of our very own Joe Valentine, sister-in-law of Stacy Valentine. Ben is uh, a student at Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. He's been there for a semester. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, semester. He's finished up his first semester, and now he is going to take six months, and he's going to move to Haiti with a missions organization called AIM, who Stacy, in fact, works for Adventures in Missions. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you the rest of the story about that. Thank you, Ben, for sharing with us awesome. this morning. Thanks Y'all welcome, up, Ben. Good man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come to now, Lord, just uh, thanking you. For the cross, Lord, thanking you for uh, dying for each one of us, Lord, uh, before we even knew you, Lord, and that you uh, took us from the grave of death, Lord, and you rose us to life in you, Father. I just am so grateful for that. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity uh, to speak uh, on your behalf, Father. And Lord, I ask that you'd be glorified and that you'd be honored today and that you would speak through me, Father, and use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, like uh, Daryl was telling you, um, I finished up my first semester at Southeastern uh, Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, And uh, pretty much throughout the whole um, semester, the Lord stripped me and broke me of pretty much everything that I held to. And I'll go into detail about that. And... um, First off, again, I just want to thank Daryl. I've actually never met Daryl before, and he called me up Monday and asked me if I'd like to come and speak to you guys. And I know it's a God thing because no one's ever asked me to come and speak on a Sunday morning. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and nervous as well, but I know the Lord's going to use it. Um, let's see. Um, I, I went to you guys' website uh, just to... Check you guys out to see what kind of church you guys were. I listened to a couple of sermons just to see what you guys have been going through. And it was uh, focused on evangelism. And I also saw on you guys' calendar, you guys have, uh, they have prayer each week. Like at least, uh, I think from 6.30 to 7.30 of prayer. And my two, I don't know, the Lord's put on my heart prayer and evangelism. Those are my two like favorite things in all the world. And just to see how it's all lined up for me to come and speak to you guys. It's a privilege. Um, let's see. And my whole desire is to glorify God in this message. And I'm turning to Psalms uh, 118, uh, 28 through 29. <clears throat> And it goes, Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And just the desire of my heart, again, is just to glorify God and exalt him uh, through, through what I'm going to speak on. And going back several years, back to 2001, um, this is where... Lord really placed upon my heart a desire for evangelism to tell others about him. Um, my grandfather, he passed away from, from cancer. And I'm not sure whether he was a Christian 
or if he was. And that, that thought always is upon my mind and upon my heart um, to know that possibly he could be separated from God forever. And so that's what pushes me a lot to do evangelism and that the Lord loves those people. And if I was an unsaved person, I'd want someone to tell me about Christ and how he died for me and took away all my sins. And that's where I'm going to start the message. And then a couple of years later, in 2003, I just felt the Lord uh, call me to seminary. Well, you have to have a bachelor's first before you can go to seminary. And so I went and talked to my pastor uh, at the time, and he, he recommended to me that I get a, uh, like a bachelor's in business because business, uh, the church is somewhat run like a business. So he recommended that to me. And after a time of prayer, I decided to go for a business degree and then go to seminary. It took me six years to get my uh, business degree, which was in accounting, which uh, I actually hated. But, um, but I know the Lord's going to use it uh, this summer, uh, particularly in Haiti. Um, so I finished up after six years, my bachelor's, and then um, uh, last, last December, not this December, but this December before, <clears throat> I was talking to a buddy of mine and telling him that I was planning on going to Southeastern. Um, I'd been praying about a car and stuff because my car had 260,000 miles on it at the time. Um, and... Uh, the Lord laid upon his heart to um, give me a certain amount of money to help me get a nicer car. And I was able to buy a car for a very cheap price and also had money left over to buy a laptop, which I needed for seminary. <clears throat> so uh, I'll tie all this together, so if you guys stay with me. Um, but so the Lord provided for me there. Um, through this very generous gift. And so uh, I, w- I worked with AIM in, uh, in Kentucky for this past summer uh, doing missions, and I fell in love with it. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I, also <clears throat> I also met a girl that I fell in love with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, it was right. Uh-oh, it was very right. But... Um, so I fell head over heels for her, um, and she didn't uh, feel the same way about me. So that was very tough. Um, so I finished up the summer missions uh, beginning of August, um, and school started uh, late August. So I got to Southeastern on, like, I think the 13th of August. Um, and so I was somewhat, uh, homesick because I left all my family and friends down in Gainesville, Georgia. And, uh, but my best friend starts, uh, the same time as I did up at Southeastern, which was, I mean, a God thing, definitely. Um, and so through, through all going up there and stuff, I was having a hard time getting adjusted and this girl, that I was still in love with. She was back in Tacoa, Georgia. So uh, 
one weekend in the beginning of September, I decided, well, uh, I'm going to go down and talk to her and see if uh, she would change her mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I traveled, let's see, it's a, let's see, all together, like a 12-hour drive, 800 miles, to go talk to this girl. That's back and forth, you know. So um, I went and talked to her, and she pretty much told me she wasn't interested. So, yeah, that was a little devastating. But so I go back up there, southeastern, and uh, the Lord is breaking me at this point, starting to. Um, and then, let's see, I, I'd saved up some money, $1,500, doing some work. And I needed a job up at Southeastern in North Carolina by the 15th of September. Um, well, another weekend in the beginning of September is like back-to-back weekends. I went back down to visit my family and stuff. And my parents had some work that I could do, which allowed me to make a little bit more money. And I, by the 15th, I couldn't find a job. And the money that my, my parents... Uh, gave me for the work that I did, helped me make it through the end of September. And then, uh, beginning of September, I was uh, shooting the basketball with uh, my best friend and his brother up at uh, Southeastern, and I tore my rotator cuff in my right arm. Um, And I had no insurance. So, and at, at times, for like... Uh, I tried to work through the pain by lifting some weights, try to strengthen it some, and it just made it worse. Um, so at times, like in the middle of the night, I'd wake up with pain levels of 8 to 9, eight to nine on a scale of 10. It was just very excruciating. Um, so the Lord, again, was breaking me, and um, it definitely did not feel good at the time whatsoever. And also... Uh, so I was pretty much out of money in law pain with a broken heart by the end of September <laughs> without a job. So I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing any of this right now. I'm just broken. And honestly, like I said, uh, I get a little emotional over it just to see how God has worked through all that. Um, and, again, like I said, my best friend, uh, his name is Matt, just a, a big, big godsend. Um, he helped me get through. Uh, the Lord used him to help me get through all, all of this. Um, and I had my, my family and my friends praying back home for me. And so... <clears throat> And I forgot to mention, but I was under a lot of attack by the enemy constantly through the first two months. And these two months were the first, uh, it were the worst two months of my life, I can say that, honestly. Um, and so, on October 2nd, I was out of money, had no money. Um, and so I was deciding to come back to either stay with my parents or my brother and Stacy uh, and my best friend. 
he, he called me up and he said, I'm going to talk to the seminary for you, see if they can help you out at all. So he called them up and he said, uh, looks like they'll be able to help you out, but you need to go talk to them. So I'm not a very humble guy when it comes to going and asking people for help financially. So <clears throat> this was the lowest point of the time. And I went and talked to them, and they, they, were gladly, uh, they gladly helped me, gave me, I think, something like $625, which was going to help me make it through half of the month of October. Um, but it broke me. It broke me to have to go and ask. It really did. Um, and afterwards, I was talking to my friend, um, and I wept. I just wept for like 20 minutes. Um, because I didn't know what God was doing. I couldn't see it. Everything was hurting. Everything. <laughs> um, so, I'm like, okay. Uh, and my, my friend said, promise me that you'll stay as long as God provides for you. I was like, okay, I can do that. I promise you I'll stay as long as uh, God provides for me. And before, before the summer, the Lord kind of gave me uh, some verses uh, to hold to. First uh, Kings chapter 17, uh, verses 2 through 6. And it's, uh, it's talking about Elijah, and there's a famine in Israel. And it goes, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Um, the Lord spoke that to me and showed it to me in August. And I really didn't know what it meant at the time. More or less that the Lord was going to provide for me. And I didn't know in which way, manner, form. I was figuring, well... He'd probably provide a job, finances. Uh, <clears throat> so start again back to October 2nd. The school gave me 600 and I think $25. Um, and then on October 7th, um, AIM called me up where Stacy works. And they asked me if I would like to help them out do, and do a mission trip again in Kentucky just for one week. So I said, well, I'll need, my, uh, need you guys to pay my gas to get there and back. And I asked, well, could you guys also give me a little bit of money? And they asked, well, how much do you need? And I said, well, somewhere it was around like 150 and they gladly helped me out with that. And so and <clears throat> here's the strange thing about the whole thing. The guy who had mentioned my name uh, to the leaders of AIM, I only met in Chicago when I was doing a trip up there over the summer, and we had talked for a couple of days and stuff, and we hung out some. 
Um, and he remembered me in like in October and told him, well, ask him if he wants to help me out. And not only that, but um, they'd asked three other people before they had asked me. And all three had turned them down. And the, the $150 helped me make it through to the end of October. And so the Lord's starting to provide and just enough each time. And um, so at the end of October, my friend Matt and his wife Lauren and uh, their uh, baby uh, name's Paisley and they've got a uh, Weimar Reamer dog uh, and she's as hyper as everything. She's like, uh, she, she's like, imagine if a dog drank like 10 Red Bulls. And she's like, she's always jumping all over the place. And she's like 60 or 70 pounds. She's not a small dog. And she, she runs. You could probably throw a ball with her all day long and she probably wouldn't get tired. That's how much energy she has. But the only time she's ever calm is when she's in the car. So uh, Matt's from Gainesville. And so he was coming back one weekend. He asked me if I wanted to come back with him in the van because that was the only way I could get back to see friends and family. And so um, I decided, yeah, it'd be great to get away for a little bit and just see family and friends. So I went back with them. And when I was going back, uh, someone called me up um, and said they wanted to uh, give me $500 to help me out. And um, that was a, another godsend. And through that, that $500 that they gave me, I mean, it was from someone I wasn't expecting to give it to me whatsoever. If I could guess who would uh, just out of blue say, yeah, I'd like to give you $500, it probably wasn't going to be this person. So that amount helped me out um, to get me through the middle of uh, November. So, again, the Lord provided, um, not because of anything that I did, but because of his loving kindness and mercy. He provided for me. Um, So also on that trip uh, home, I had lunch Sunday afternoon with some friends. And one of the friends uh, gave me 13 free Chick-fil-A sandwich coupons. (laughs) When you get desperate, you get desperate. But I like Chick-fil-A, and that was just such a blessing. This, This friend of mine... His name is John Cochran. He um, goes to all the Chick-fil-A openings because the Chick-fil-A openings, they give you uh, like 50 to 100 free Chick-fil-A coupons for a sandwich and stuff. And so he, he goes to all of them. He gets groups up to go to them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was telling him my story, and he just felt led to give me the 13 coupons and stuff. <laughs> And, like, also, <clears throat> I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but during that trip to Kentucky, I was about out of food also at the, at the time that I went on that trip. Um, <clears throat> but, so, I go up to Kentucky and lead a trip up there, and they have food left over. And I talked to the other end guy, whose name is Corey Jacobs, 
asked him, well, do you think I could take some back with me? And so uh, he said, yeah, take some. Take, take as much as you need. So <clears throat> I took like uh, two or three bags full of stuff, like trash bag fulls. And like that helped, helped provide for the rest of the semester for me. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. Also, someone gave me $100 to also help me out. <clears throat> and from the $500 and the $100, somehow the Lord extended um, it through to December. And again, I'd have these dates where, yeah, I'm out of money. I have to go home, go back to Gainesville, Georgia, and try to come up with something else. Um, so the next date <clears throat> was December 5th. If I, didn't, I needed $800 by December 5th. And if I didn't have the $800, <clears throat> and this was like a week before the semester ended. So it would be like very discouraging to make it this far and not to uh, finish out. So <clears throat> i just been praying. And I like asked the Lord, okay, I remember exactly. I was at a friend's house in North Carolina, and we were watching The Lord of the Rings. Um, and... I was like thinking, okay, Lord, I can't do this. I need you to help me out. I'm trusting you completely. Um, at the, let's see, like an hour later, one of the friends that I was hanging out with <clears throat> said he felt led to give me $400. So um, that's that was amazing, honestly, again. And then... Uh, my friend Matt, he has a band, and he goes and travels and sings uh, for youth camps. And his wife and his daughter go with him. So he needs someone to watch their dog for him <laughs> and uh, house sit for him. So, uh, yeah. Uh, he asked if I would do it, like, several times throughout the semester. And that's one way, also, I made a little bit of money on the side. Well, the last time he was gone for like nine days, and so he gave me $140 for watching the dog. And then someone gave me $94 uh, knowing my situation. Then on the 1st of December, someone else gave me $100. And I also, at that point, $100 in the bank before all that. So... I received within five days $736, and I had the 100 in the bank, which put me to $836, which was helped me get through the rest of the semester. And like I said, I only asked once for money, and that was from the seminary on October 2nd. All the other times, the Lord put on those people's hearts to give me money, which, again, it's... Uh, I'm humbled by that fact, and I'm just so much joy and love knowing uh, that the Lord provided for me to look out for me, to care for me. And in doing so, just talking today is where I want to give him the praise and the glory. Because I don't know the financial needs for any of you guys whatsoever. Or whatever your needs are. But I know the Lord's going to take care of them. And 
he, he did a time of, of sanctification in me, stripping me and breaking me of pretty much everything. Um, he showed me throughout the semester that <clears throat> I lack trust in him, lack confidence in him. Um, let's see. Uh, that I was easily looking at what others had and was ungrateful with what I had. And that's just to be very honest with you. And the Lord showed me that. And I confessed it to him. And boy, what peace, what peace that brought. And I just became focused on just thanking him for (laughs) the little things. Because at at one point... I was eating Chick-fil-A, and then mainly cereal, and, of course, ramen noodle soup. And pretty much I had at least two meals every day, at least two meals. And, again, to think back, it just blows my mind how the Lord worked and provided for me. And then I was going to need, let's see, I was needing about $1,500 to $1,600 to go back to the seminary. Uh, in January. Um, I shared some of my testimony with uh, my Sunday school class, and one of the leaders felt led to um, give me $500 to help me get back to Southeastern. And then, um, again, someone I wasn't expecting to help me out whatsoever. And throughout the semester, I've been sending out resume after resume after resume. <clears throat> and Wake Forest is actually a very small town. And when you have 500 to 1,000 students come in each semester, looking all looking for jobs, the job markets up there is uh, very bad, especially with uh, how the economy is right now. So, again, the Lord's taken care of me, allowed me to get back to Southeastern. Um, and then I did uh, some more work for Matt and some other work. And I got about $400 from that work all, all together. Um, and then I needed, let's see, the tuition date was like, uh, I'll say January 14th. And uh, I needed like $150 to pay for my tuition. And Matt had a new guitar player. Uh, starting seminary with him. Uh, he was from Oklahoma. And I was uh, talking to him and asked him to be praying for me financially and stuff. And he said he felt led to give me $200. Like, I want to say three days before uh, the tuition was due. So, like, like I said, the Lord provided when I needed it. Not when I wanted it. He wanted to stretch me. He wanted to grow my faith. He wanted to prepare me for something. And so, um, let's see, a couple weeks back, Stacy called me up and she was like, um, just kind of, I don't know, even like half serious because she knew my heart was for seminary. And she was like, hey, Ben, we. We're having trips all summer in Haiti. And she was like, I don't know if you'd be interested, but I'm throwing it out there. Uh, would you like to be one of the leaders and stuff? 
and help with the, the groups and stuff. I was like, goodness, goodness, because I, I was torn at that point, torn to stay at seminary and torn to go and uh, speak to others about Christ and do ministry. And so I prayed for it like for a week and a half. I just could never uh, come to a really, really solid decision on it. But I thought about it. I prayed about it. And Lord kind of showed me that, yeah, seminary is always going to be there for me for when I can come back. But after these people were devastated uh, by this earthquake that killed 230,000 people and left 1.2 million people homeless, I was like, this is just too great of an opportunity to pass up to show them the love of Christ and to tell them about what Jesus Christ did for them. And so I, I called Stacy up and see, it was like beginning of February, I think, and said, yeah, I want to do this. I want to go and tell others about Christ in Haiti. And so through all of that, I know, again, that the Lord has prepared me by having myself just depend upon him completely for everything, everything. And that I know that Haiti's not going to be a walk in the park because usually once you get through one trial and you have kind of a uh, uh, peaceful walk, that Lord's going to put you through another trial, usually harder than the first one. And so <clears throat> I'm, I'm super excited about going to Haiti. I, I'm really pumped about it. Um, and I know that whatever may come, the Lord is by my side and he's taking care of me. Um, so I don't have to fear. And my life verse is Isaiah 41.10. And it goes, Fear thou not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Or it says, be not anxious, um, according to the translation. And it goes, for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. Yes, I'll help you. Yes, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. And <clears throat> that righteous right hand part was very... Um, comforting to me because like I said I tore my rotator cuff in my right arm at the beginning of the semester and through that the Lord showed me that I'm supposed to depend upon him he's my right arm he's my right arm um, and and that was also holding me back from getting a job doing physical labor because I couldn't lift stuff uh, over and over so but the Lord was like, I don't want you to work. I want you to trust me and depend upon me through this semester. And the other verses that the Lord gave me throughout the semester was uh, Matthew six twenty four through 34. And it reads, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon for money. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than, um, more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air... They sow not, neither do they reap, 
nor gather into barns. <clears throat> Yet your heavenly Father feeth them, as ye are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if, the Lord, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or what shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thoughts for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So, particularly that verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, through that verse, the Lord is telling me, seek me first, seek me first. And all these things, everything you need will be taken care of. And going to Haiti, I believe I'm seeking his kingdom and for others. I believe the Lord is going to take care of me in doing that. And then the other verses that I held to were Isaiah 41, 17 through 20. And this, this speaks to our economy at this time. Um, <clears throat> when the poor and needy seek water, and throughout the semester, I was poor and needy, that's for sure. And there is none, and their tongue faileth for, for thirst. I, Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cider, the shita tree, and the myrtle, and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this, and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. We're created for God's glory, and we're to proclaim his glory to others, other Christians, and to the unsaved. Because there is no God like our God. He is above all others, and he knows the thoughts we think and the actions that we'll do before we do them. Um, And to talk about Haiti... um, well, I'll be doing down there. Uh, I still don't know a whole lot because I haven't. Once I get down there, I'll know more. But how it's set up is they have six ministry coordinators is the plan. I'm going to be one of the ministry coordinators. And then under ministry coordinators, uh, they have project facilitators who will be helping out a lot and doing a lot of uh, taking the groups and leading the groups in ministry. And right now, they've got one ministry coordinator, which is myself. So, as far as I know, uh, they might have gotten some more. 
But they, uh, the AIM office keeps, uh, they're praying about it, asking people to come and help out. Um, and what we'll be do, doing down there, we'll be doing some medical, a little bit of medical, a, a lot of construction. Uh, we'll be helping out with um, orphans um, and just ministering to all the people down there in different uh, ways. And we'll be telling them about, of course, our focus will be evangelism, telling about uh, Christ. And the exciting news, though, about Haiti is the president um, called for three days of prayer and three days of fasting uh, last week, which was the week of uh, their Mardi Gras down there. <clears throat> and so pretty much uh, what I've been told is that pretty much all everyone was at Christian churches praying and fasting, crying out to the Lord. So they're having a revival down there right now, which I'm really pumped about going down there and being involved in. Um, and Mardi Gras was pretty much canceled. And see, they have three religions. They have uh, Christianity, uh, well, Protestant, Catholic, and Voodoo. Well, pretty much all of them were at Christian churches praying and fasting for those three days, which just blows my mind because... I would like that to happen here in the United States because that's where I really feel called. But right now, I know my call is to go to Haiti. Um, and something that... I'll, I'll finish on this. Why I feel such a desire for evangelism, and the Lord has placed it in my heart all the way. Because in my, in my flesh, <laughs> I'm a wicked person. But Christ has changed my heart. Um, and like I said, going back to my grandpa, uh, to think that he's in a place for all of eternity, burning up, is unbearable for me to think upon. And to think that someone else out there doesn't know the Lord and the love that he has for them. It just makes me sick to think that they could possibly die and go there as well. And in Revelation, it talks about how God's going to dry our tears and wipe them all away. Well, I believe this could be a reason why he'll need to dry our tears and wipe them away. Isaiah 66, and this is talking about the, the very end of times, when it's all said and done, there's a new heaven, new earth, um, and the people will be cast in the lake of fire. Isaiah 66, verse 23, or 22, I'll start with. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh Come to worship before me, said the Lord. And this is the part that is hard for me to comprehend in verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. And they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So <clears throat> we will see those people in hell one day, according to scripture here. And to think of that, to think of friends or family 
or people like those 230,000 people that died, there's a decent chance that they didn't go to heaven. And to even think upon that breaks me. Um, but the Lord has used that earthquake to draw those people to him through the prayer and fasting. And it's just been, again, like such an honor and such a privilege to come and speak to you guys. And it blows my mind how, again, the Lord has worked everything, everything out up to this point. I know he's going to keep working out for me. And so I thank you for that. I ask you guys to be praying for me while I'm in Haiti. And because to me, I told everyone all, all the time throughout the last, uh, in this, the fall semester, that prayer was more important to me than any financial support whatsoever. So I just ask you guys to be praying for me. I'll be praying for you guys. And I see from the worship here and from the website how you guys have such a heart for the Lord and desire to do uh, the work of the Lord. So I'll keep you guys in my prayers as well. Thank you. Thank you.